Welcome to Conversations in the Coop, the podcast about all things Trinity Athletics. I'm your host, Director of Athletics, Drew Galbraith. This podcast started with the idea of telling the stories of the coaches, student athletes, and people that make Bantam Athletics such a source of pride for so many students, alumni, and friends of Trinity College and our teams. We'll tell those stories with in-depth conversations featuring the Bantams themselves. For our first ever episode, we get into the spirit of the winter season with two coaches who know their way around the hardwood, women's basketball coach Emily Garner and men's basketball coach James Cosgrove. It was a wide-ranging talk from recruiting to favorite basketball movies. Listen and enjoy this conversation in the coop. Welcome back, and we're pleased to have our first guests on the podcast, and we, we're joined by a pair of basketball greats, Trinity women's basketball coach Emily Garner, Trinity men's basketball coach James Cosgrove, and uh, welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we're just going to do a deep dive on, um, on coaching, coaching basketball, uh, and what it's like coaching students at the high level that both of you do right now. So in order to get into all of that, Why'd you go into coaching? Emily, why coming out of Lafayette was coaching the career for you? I think the simple answer to it is that I love the game of basketball, but I also think I love so much more than that. I think basketball presents an opportunity to teach so many life lessons and to really uh, delve into some of the philosophies that our, our players have and, and promote opportunities for mentorship amongst them. I think uh, the level of competition creates opportunities for leadership. It promotes growth and promotes a, an atmosphere of being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And I think for me, uh, having the opportunity to work with young people who are truly passionate about what they do, um, it helps inspire opportunities in the classroom and the community. And I think it's given me something that I absolutely love to do and will love to do for my life. James, what about you? Yeah, that's a great answer Emily gave, and I think it's similar to me is, you know, graduating from college, I just couldn't see myself without basketball. I had a couple opportunities to possibly play overseas, but to, uh, to I had an opportunity to be an assistant at my alma mater, which was, which was a great situation at St. Anselm College, so I, I ended up taking it, and uh, like, like Emily said, it's just uh, basketball is just uh, in my blood and uh, in, in my veins and uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do and always be a part of and I think it's uh, a lot of great things in my life have come through basketball and I'm thankful for that and hopefully I can give that back to the, the kids that we're mentoring and, and, uh, and, and coaching and, uh, and it's, a, it's a great opportunity to do that uh, through, the, through, uh, through the greatest sport that I, that I have uh, ever been involved with. So in the sport of basketball, um you you play the role of mentor now. It's coach. It's mentor. It's it's life coach. It's friend. It's parent. Um, so talk about early in your coaching career. A couple people that stood out as just being mentors. Uh, probably a little bit different. You know, cause you were coaching at your alma mater and and obviously working with your college coach now. But Emily, so who were some of those early mentors for you in your career? Sure, um, I was pretty fortunate. So I coaching wasn't the direct path that I was taking right out of college. I was hoping to play overseas a bit, uh, blew out my knee my first game over there and wound up um, kind of back at home right out of college. And where, where were you overseas? I was in Germany, uh, Bonn, Germany, for a very, very quick half of basketball. And um, 
from kind of coming back over here. I got uh, kind of invited back by my high school coach, TJ Dade, who's still there. And he was kind of my entry into coaching. Uh, he introduced me to coaching in terms of just being a part of, of the high school level and getting me involved and engaged. And it quickly became something I was very passionate about and knew I wanted to do. Um, and so from there, I spent a year there and was fortunate to get a graduate assistantship at Long Island University in Brooklyn. Um, and in that kind of path, cross paths with my kind of really uh, first college coach mentor, who was Colleen Mullen, um, who is now the head coach at University of Albany. And she was tremendous in terms of really helping me um, figure out what coaching was all about in terms of not just the recruiting piece, the day-to-day -day piece, the on-court aspect, but also the mentorship aspect and what it really means to be someone who uh, stands for something bigger than yourself. Um, and then from there, I was fortunate to work with Dave McGarity at Army, who's also been a tremendous mentor. He has taught me so much about the game of basketball, but also uh, life skills and, and the ability to reach young people in a way that I think is truly tremendous. Um, and those are just a few, but I've been really fortunate to cross paths with a lot of people who have helped me to get where I am. Um, and I think with basketball, you know, where you are is, is the sum of, of the people who have helped you get there for sure. Kaz, what about you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. I was fortunate in my uh, college career when I was a, a junior in college, our, our head coach, was a, uh, a man named Bob Brown, who was a, a legendary coach in uh, in Maine and in, in New England, and has been uh, a lot of different places. His son is is Brett Brown, who's the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, and uh, I learned so much from from Bob Brown Sr. and uh, from Brett's dad, and uh, it's just unbelievable. On that staff uh, was a, was a young coach named named Keith Dixon, who ended up uh, getting the the head coaching job. At St. A's, my, my senior year, and uh, has over 650 wins now, and is, is a legendary coach in, in New England. And then uh, another young young coach on that staff was a man named Steve Clifford, who is now the uh, the head coach of the Orlando Magic. So those three guys, you know, at the time I, I knew I was around greatness. I didn't know I was around such greatness that that. Uh, they would do such unbelievable things in, in their careers um, moving forward. So I was very fortunate at a young age to be around some probably some of the greatest coaches in, in our game today and in, in, in the past. So uh, I'm very fortunate that I've had a uh, um, an introduction at an early age of, of great coaching and, and what it takes to be a, a great mentor and, 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 to, and to help young, young uh, student-athletes. Uh, Another name, uh, a local name here, is, is Jack Fallon, uh, who was a uh, who was a, gr a great player in, in the Hartford area and, and was a great coach. Uh, uh, coached at the University of Hartford. I was his assistant for four years. Um, so I, I've been around some outstanding coaches and outstanding mentors, and I feel very fortunate. And they have given me so much a, a, as a player and, and as a young coach. And I feel that's my responsibility now. Um, as a coach to give that back to the players that we're, we're teaching and mentoring and, and coaching and to our, our young assistants also. So you know, we, we, we talk a little bit about the people who influence us, and that obviously influences style. So for either of you, when was that point in your career, uh, whether it was in a, as an assistant and maybe making some decisions, being given some, some uh, responsibility by one of the coaches you work for, or as a head coach where – you really realize, okay, this is not only is this the career for me, but I'm making decisions. I've got the confidence to do it. I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm not just 
making some random decision, but this is the right decision. I'm helping a kid or I'm helping the program, helping the team. When was that aha moment where you said, yeah, coaching's for me and I have the aptitude and wherewithal to, to do it and do it at a high level? I'm not sure I can pinpoint one moment. I think it's well, kind of a culmination. Sure. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll give a – I think um, probably my first real big moment uh, was, was coaching my first high school uh, experience as an assistant coach. I received a letter um, when I left, and it was when I took the job at LIU, and it was from uh, someone who's, who's currently in coaching, um, and she's down at the University of Mary Washington, and she had written me a letter of what uh, – basically her experience with me as her coach was like and how it, it had really inspired her and it wound up inspiring her to get into college coaching eventually and I it was something that for me it was very impactful to realize um, what can happen when you really focus on relationships with your players and, and when you really work to empower and inspire them and I think for me that kind of relationship that uh, initial kind of uh, that was kind of my aha moment, and it wasn't necessarily on the court. It was it was simply something that came from really investing in, in relationships with players, and I think from there it's really kind of built up and, and uh, has helped me um, focus on relationships and player relationships more than, than anything else. And I think if you have strong relationships with your team, you have trust, um, success is something that, that will follow, and it really is about making sure those are uh, the strong strong philosophies within your program. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's definitely been a, that was probably the biggest aha moment for me, but, um, just in terms of, you know, continuing that at army and, and having those relationships with players and then seeing them grow and become successful on the court. Um, and then really kind of transitioning into a head coach role here. I think it's been awesome to see the growth from individual players as well as the team. Um, and I think every day it, it gives me a new perspective and, and makes me appreciative of what we have as, as head coaches for sure. When I was a um, uh, junior in college, we had a, uh, a kid come into our school. He was six foot nine, about 150 pounds, and uh, I'm not even exaggerating that much. Probably maybe 160 the most, and uh, he was a walk-on and kind of came onto the onto the team and whatnot. And he kind of gravitated towards me, and we kind of started working out together and whatnot. And his first two years, never played. Kind of got his rear end handed to him every day in practice and never did much. That that next year out of school, I was I graduated and he became a junior. And that was the, the one year I was a part-time assistant at St. Anselm. Uh, he, he started coming into his own. And that summer before, we worked out every day and uh, and, and, did, and did, a, did a lot of things as, as far as individual improvement and, and things as far as um, working on his game and whatnot. And to see the growth that he had in the one year, and the next year he became uh, an all-conference player, and ended up playing 11 years overseas, and uh, it was just it, it was just unbelievable for me to, to be a part of that, to help someone grow and to help someone develop like that, and to see someone that was really not a very good player at all, and, and to develop into I think his senior year ended up being an All-American, and then he played 11 years over overseas was something like, wow, this is really great to be able to help people and to be able to, to have them fulfill their, their dreams and, and, and their their hopes and desires, uh, I think is, is something that has always resonated with me and has always been something that we, we try to do all the time with our guys is to try to help make them better and make them better people and also better players. Well, you, you both hit on themes of growth and development there. So it's, it's easy when you see those tangible outcomes. A player works, they get better. Um, they they see the result and then that that potentially helps them uh, get more of that growth. But how how challenging is it to motivate? 
college players today. How do you go about doing that? Um, and you're fortunate you both coach sports that are relatively small teams where you're only having to manage, uh, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 different personalities. But how do you go about doing that? How do you figure out how to motivate the collective team as well as the individuals within it? I think it changes from year to year, and I think it's having a pulse on, on your players and on the team and knowing uh, individually what they want from their experience, what they desire for themselves as individual players as well as for the team. And I think knowing their goals and knowing what really makes them tick on the court and off of it, um, that's been huge in terms of our coaching staff figuring out how to motivate each individual player. Um, I think for us, we really try to take the time to get to know each player. And again, that's as you mentioned, we have 13 on our roster. It's probably a lot easier than some of those high number uh, roster sports. But um, for us, really getting to know them and, and understand them is, is what um, for us helps motivate them. And then also uh, just investing. I think you can invest time and presence in an individual and that payback is, is huge. And I think for us seeing that growth over four years and beyond, it's not just a four year process for us. We want to see um, growth and commitment to learning for them throughout their lives. And I think maintaining that contact and that communication beyond their time at Trinity is, is an important part of that as well. Yeah, I, I agree with Emily. I think the big thing with the kids is I think if you can help them develop, uh, I think that's huge. And I think kids really respond is if you can show them things that's going to make them better. And I think a lot of times kids, sometimes they don't understand what it takes to be good, what it takes to be the best they can be. And if you can show them how to do those things and really work with them and give them the, the abilities to do that, I think I think that helps them, and I think that helps your team and, and the rapport of your team where, hey, coach is really invested in me, and he wants me to, to become better. And, and, and I think also that goes with, with without saying all parts of their their experience, you know, as far as doing well academically, doing well socially, and doing well on the basketball court. I think the more we can help them progress in those areas, uh, I, I think it really, really helps them uh, become better people. And I always say it's coaching is is a lot for me is a lot like 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 parenting and you know you you want you want to help your kids be the best that they can be and it's the same thing on the court with your players and and, and off the court with your players you want to help them be the best that they can be and if they understand that that's what you care about and that's what you want for them is you want to help them be the best they can be they're going to buy in and they're going to work and they're going to do the things it takes to do the things that it, it's to be successful for your team so, so how do you work through? Uh, I, I always, I always struggle sometimes. I was reading an article about uh, uh, this week about an NBA player who has a lot of talent, uh, undrafted, coming out of college, and he didn't understand his first three or four years in the NBA that that the reason why some of the great players are great is not just because of talent, but because they do all of the extra work on their body off the court in terms of strength and conditioning, in terms of yoga, mobility, the amount of time they put in to make sure their diet is perfect, that they're not um, they're not cutting any corners anywhere, and they're in their life as a professional. So bringing that to the college model, how do you get through to that student who they've had success? Literally every student who shows up as a student athlete at Trinity or a school like ours has had success as an athlete before they get here. They've generally had success as a student as well. So now they're in this this pressure cooker of college. Now they're playing some of the best Division three basketball in the country, and it's not all clicking on the basketball court. So how do you motivate that student who thinks they know how to do it, but it's not? they're not finding their way in the college game? How do you get through to somebody who may not want to be gotten through to right away? 
Yeah, I think there's there's a number of ways to attack that, and I think it's interesting. UConn just did a, an article about Megan Walker in a similar situation to what you're describing, and I think everybody's on their own timeline. And even as a team sport, um, from individual progress standpoint, everybody's kind of running their own race. And it takes uh, knowing that everybody is on a different timeline. I think hopefully you create a culture uh, and a program with leaders that help instill a work ethic and an understanding of, of truly what it takes to be in a team environment and, and to truly be successful at the college level. There are so many challenges entering college. Um, for some of them, it's their first time they've been away from home. They don't have parents you know, right now telling them, hey, you gotta go to bed, you gotta do your homework at this time. Um, so I think instilling a culture that really kind of embodies that work ethic and mentality of success isn't a linear process. It's not an overnight thing. It takes investment in not just, you know, what you do on the basketball court, but what you're doing outside of it in the in the campus community, in the classroom, in the weight room, in the cafeteria. If you're doing all those things the right way, you know, success, again, it, it's going to be kind of an individual process. I think for us, we really emphasize patience in the process that, you know, for the team to be successful, everybody has to be giving their best on any given day. And your best may not be, you know, consistent in terms of we want 100% of whatever your best effort that is on that given day. Um, and we kind of have created a culture where that's the expectation. I think also from a coaching standpoint, you have to have patience with their process. You have to really sit down with them, understand where they're coming from and try to work to meet them halfway. I think they're all coming with individual challenges. Um, and, and, you know, as you described, sometimes that process takes, you know, two months for, for some college level players. And other times it takes two, three years for college level players to figure out what it really takes to be at this level. And I think hopefully you have upper classmen, upper class women who are kind of demoing that and showing that, but also from a coaching standpoint, maintaining patience, helping to demonstrate and kind of lead by example of what that looks like. Sometimes when you're 6'10 and you can shoot a little bit, you get four years in the NBA and to that figure it out. Yeah, and that can certainly help, for sure. For well, sure. That's funny you say that. Uh, previous school that I was at, um, we had a kid. He was about 6'7", 6'8", athletic uh, as all get out, and he uh, he just didn't get it. You know, when he, when he got to us, he came to us as a freshman. He just didn't get it. And I, and I kept saying to my assistant, I said, when he gets it, when he gets it, when he gets it, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be a terror. I go... The only problem is he might not get it till he's 28 years old, and then that'll be that'll be that's going to be a problem for us. But he ended up he ended up working and working, and he got it by his senior year, and ended up being a, a real good player for us, and really helped us that year to be to be very good. But it's uh, it's funny because we're, we're, we were talking about that the other day in one of our, our staff meetings, as far as you know the opportunity to be good, and I think. All kids that, that come in and they're, they're recruited and we all want them, we all, we all have expectations and we want them to be good. Now, I think sometimes it's up to some of the kids to to put that effort forward to to fulfill their to fulfill what they have and what they can do. And, and, and it's funny, we have, a, as, as you guys do, we have a, a lot of young guys right now. We have some, some old, older players also, but we have some young guys that we feel that can be very, very good for us. And it's, you know, it's a question of, are they going to put the time in? Are they going to put the time in on the court? Are they going to put the time in in the film? Are they going to do the things that it takes to be successful? And if they do that, they're going to be very successful. And I think I, I like to think most of the kids we bring in and most of the kids we have in our program have that opportunity to be successful. And now it's our job to get it out of them and to, and to work with them to, to bring it out. But it's also their responsibility where 
they need to put the time in to be successful and to, to, to do the things that's going to take, like you said, Drew, as far as, you know, in the weight room, with the nutrition, doing all the other things, living their lives that way where they want to be really, really successful on the court. And, you know, it's kind of funny, a couple of guys that we've given a little bit of leeway to as far as shooting the ball and, and making shots and all those things, they're the ones that are in the gym probably more than anybody else, you know, combined. And, and, and that's, you know, that, that that's huge. And I think some of our young guys have, have to start to learn that and understand that where, you know, you're going to get more opportunity, you're going to get more situations where you can put yourself in to be successful if you put the time in and if you put the effort in to, to do the things um, on your own, in the gym, in the weight room, living your life the, the, the right way. And I think sometimes, like you said, Emily, you know, it takes, takes kids different, times in, in, in their lives to, to understand that whether some kids it might take a month some kids might take a year another kid it might take two or three years and, and that's the thing that you know that we have to try to try to work with and, and, and try to develop is get all our guys where it's a situation where you know you can be successful um, and now it's a situation of what are you going to do to, to make yourself successful and I think it's too it's that um, it's the difference between good and great and that is between great and exceptional and so many of the themes around exceptional come back to self-discipline. It's self-discipline in, I'm going to make sure that I, I put all of the work. I've got to get shots up. I've got to put the work in. I'm going to make sure that I get enough sleep and that I'm eating the right things and doing all the right things in my life to give myself a chance to be exceptional. And that's, that's different. Not everybody has that quality. Not everybody has that burning desire that this is so important to me then I'm willing to sacrifice other things. And that's also hard when you're 18 to 22 years old and there's a lot of things coming at you and you still feel your, your you know, metabolism while your body can recover from a lot more at 18 to 22 than it can at 35, 45, and 55. Well, to, just, to, just to harp on that too, Drew, is, uh, you know, we have, we have guys, we have a couple guys that sometimes I feel go overboard with that a little bit and, you know, are, are, are like, too consumed with things, and if things aren't aren't going well, kind of, kind of, don't handle it well. And, and and I think it's I think it's a fine line where where you said it's. I think it's so important to 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 live your life where you're doing things to be successful, but also putting it where you're putting it in a proper perspective. Where hey, I'm gonna lay my head down in the pillow every night, and if I'm giving my all and I'm doing what I need to do and and and, and working working as hard as I can, that's gonna be that's gonna be good enough. And, and I think sometimes. You know, kids are. You know, I think all of us get to, to the point where you know we get so consumed with things that it that it uh, overtakes us sometimes. <laughs> we got to maybe take a step back, and and I think as coaches we have to take a step back, but also as coaches, give our kids an opportunity to take a step back and and uh, and and do the things that's going to help them be the most successful. And, and and I think you're right in what what you say is, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's uh, the, the kids that do work, the kids that do do the right things, that do have their priorities in order, are the ones that that are successful, and, and to the point where you can't let it, especially at our level, and especially at really at any level, where it consumes you and it, it affects you ne negatively because you're you're too much consumed by it. 
And I think the other piece of that is, is can you be an ex exceptional in your role? And I think for a team to really be successful, I, you know, every player wants to drop 30 a game. Every player wants to play 32 minutes a game, but that might not be within their capacity for what the team needs. And I think what we really look for is, you know, you don't have to be complacent with your role, but can you own that role? And if you get five minutes a game, can you be exceptional in that? If your job is to be a leader on this team, can you be exceptional with that? And I think for us, it's about providing those tools and providing the framework so that individual success isn't as weighted as heavily as team success. And what can you do within our 13 to bring the team to the place it needs to go? We're talking basketball with Emily Garner and James Cosgrove. So coaches, switching gears a little bit, we just talked about, you know, sometimes you do have to turn off a little bit. So what, what do each of you do to turn off a little bit? It's a, you know, coaching, college coaching is a grind. There's the season, which we kind of live for, but then recruiting never stops nowadays. Um, you are effectively the parent on campus for all of the players on your team, and, and that literally goes year-round now. So so talk to me about the things that, that you do to step away, uh, away, from, away from basketball, away mm -hmm. from your role as a coach, just mm -hmm. to create some sanity in your own lives. Yeah, I, th I think a big part of that is is maintaining relationships outside of basketball as well. I mean, uh, family and friends are really important to me and getting to spend time with them, um, working out in whatever capacity that entails on, on whatever time I have on that given day. And, you know, taking some time to read, obviously, um, reading reading leadership books and that kind of thing, but also just taking some time to, to read for fun. Um, and maintaining a little bit of that balance, especially in season, can be important because especially for the winter sports, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so being able to so, maintain that So what was that the last balance. book you read for fun? Oh, the last book I, know, I read I know for like, fun. Because I know you like me. You, you read, end up reading a lot of those leadership books, yep. and then that you end up reading yeah, the for last work, basically. For, so um, well, the book I'm reading right now is I just started Stillness is the Key. So that's the one I'm kind of focused on right now. But let me, I have to think for a minute. I may have to defer to cause for a minute while I think about the last so book before I we just end, read. Before we fun. end the show, we'll want some yeah. work of fiction. That's totally fair. Okay. Totally right. fair. That's totally right. fair. Totally <laughs> fair. Yeah, in my situation, uh, I think I'm, I'm a little bit lucky in the fact that uh, I have two, two older kids who are, who are basketball players, and uh, I kind of uh, had, a, had a chance to, to, to watch them grow a, a, as players and, and develop, which was, which was great and which was, which was really fun. And then now I have a, a younger one who's, who's a 12-year-old who fancies herself as a player, we're not sure if she's going to be a player, but she fancies herself as a player, and she's she's working she's working to be a player. But you know, I get uh, you know more joy out of that to to be able to to work out with her sometimes and and and, and to see her games. Uh, you know, I, I don't uh, I haven't seen uh, I don't know if I've seen any games so far this year, but I know this weekend Saturday after recruit, but Sunday I made it on my calendar to, to go see her game. She has a game on Sunday and. But her, I'm fortunate where her mom has, uh, she's in charge of the stat crew, so I get all the stats right away. Uh, unfortunately, I think her mom's inflating a few of the stats for, for <laughs> now. I'm, I'm kidding. She, she wouldn't do that. But uh, so, so that, that to be able to have, like Emily said, to be able to have the time, you know, with, with family and, and, and with friends, uh, you know, especially during the season, it's uh, kind of um, uh, far and few between, but uh, to, to have those times is, 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 is very, very important and uh, it, uh, it, put, it puts perspective on what we do also where it's, uh, you know, uh, you know th these are the things that are real, real important and uh, we, we put uh, so much emphasis on what we're doing and uh, winning games and, 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 and changing kids' lives and helping kids' lives 
um, which is which is extremely important. Um, but also, it uh, it, it uh, puts a good perspective on it when uh, to to go watch a, a twelve year old game. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story, both of you guys. Someone asked, so so what do you do? Are you uh, are, are you intense in the in, in your daughter's games and go on? I said no. I'm, I'm, I've seen I've been doing this too long. I've seen too many situations with parents and everything else. I go up. I don't sit near anybody. I don't get near. I don't sit near my wife or any of my friends. I go up in the top row, sit in the back, enjoy it, and just and just have fun with it and let the let the kids play because. You know, after watching this for my kids, uh, my older kids playing and, and going to high school games and all this other stuff, it's it's uh, it's about the kids and it should be about the kids and and, and especially at at the younger levels and, and let them play, let them have fun and let them want to keep coming back. That's what it's all about. So I'm in that back row, uh, up there by myself and, uh, and and just having fun watching watching the kids play. Hey, you know, I'm the same way. And I've never actually met someone who says otherwise, but boy, just like you, I've seen a lot of youth basketball, and M, I know on the recruiting trail, you see a lot of these oh, too. Yeah. There's a heck of a lot of parents who don't. And so, yeah. so let's let's talk recruiting a little bit. Basketball uh, is a little bit of a needle in a haystack sport because there are so many. Uh, travel teams, AU programs, uh, what have you. Uh, there's high school games as well. Uh, always basketball going on. Always more kids to see. And no matter what happens, there's going to be a game, and, and one team's going to score more points than the other. So somebody's going to end up with a good night, and it could be the only time in, the, in that uh, young person's life where they score 15 points, but they're going to hang their hat on that, that they scored 15 points in a game way back when. So when you're recruiting, how do you navigate and find some needles within that haystack? Because you're each bringing in a class of three, four, five kids each year. So before you even get to the academic threshold, before you even get to is this person going to be a fit with our program, what are the things you look for when you're on the recruiting trail, you're watching games where you say, maybe, maybe there's a chance that person might be for us? I think there are a lot of great players out there. And as you mentioned, a lot of these events that both the men's staff and our staff goes to, you're looking at probably upwards of 500, 600 players in a day. And the first thing that that separates are the intangibles. And I think that's something that we look at immediately is um, how they respond to their teammates. What do they do when they make a mistake? I, I would almost rather see them play in a tougher game than their best game. I think we probably, before we would offer a roster spot to, to a player, would have seen them play probably six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Um, so in that mix, I'd love to see them have a tougher game for them. I want to see how they respond in those situations, how they re respond to adversity. Are they coachable? Are they hustling at every opportunity? I think um, especially at this level, to be successful, you have to recruit some gym rats who want to get better on their own, who are self-motivated. Um, that's not always the easiest to see uh, in terms of catching a game. So a lot of times that's doing the due diligence and really kind of following up with those high school and AAU coaches and, and figuring out who they are. Um, and I think once we get them to campus, too, that's the other big thing, is, is watching their interactions with their families, watching how they interact with the team. Are they on their phones the whole time, or are they engaged and present in the moment? And I think for us, uh, we want those players who want to be better, who want to make teams better, uh, and who really want to be a part of this process. And I think that helps us narrow down. Um, you know, talent's kind of easy to spot, but I think getting the right culture and the right fit in terms of making your overall team better is really what we look for. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very interesting. We were talking earlier before we came on the air about uh, the Belichick and um, Saban um, uh, special they had on, and one of the things that kind of resonated with me was how Saban was saying that Belichick and one of the coaches are, are are the only coaches that 
call him about the players that they draft, and it's, you know, I, I think that's the way Emily just kind of referred to it, is that that, that stuff's so important. I, I mean, the due diligence that I think you, you need to do to get the right type of kid for you and your program and your school is so important. I mean, uh, you know, so, we... So, so, but how do, you, how do you weed through that? Because I'm sure you call uh, high school coaches, you call AAU coaches, who every kid's great, every kid's a good culture kid, every kid works hard. Obviously, there are relationships you have that you... You know, you've built up trust with individuals. So, but how do you, how do you weed, weed through that when you don't necessarily know that prep school coach as well? Well, it's it's funny because one of the things I try to always do is talk to that young man's guidance counselor or, or even even a teacher if there's something along those lines because I think they're a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say honest, but they're a little bit more, have a kind of a different insight of what kind of kid he is, and and I think that's the big thing for us is. You know, my, my big thing is, you know, he could be the greatest player in the world, but if he's not a good kid and he's not going to represent our, our program and our school the, the right way, um, then he's probably not for us. So, I, you know, I think just, you know, like we talk about, doing doing the, the due diligence as far as, you know, talking to a guidance counselor, even, even uh, you know, maybe someone you, you might know in that in that area or something about about the kid, what kind of kid he is and, and whatnot. I think that stuff is so important. And Emily, Emily touched on it as far as the, the intangibles. And... And I think going to see, like, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. But like these days, I, I think I guess I'm probably in the minority. But uh, like, I like recruiting. I, I like to go see <laughs> kids. I like to go see what what, what they're about. And uh, you know, I went to I went to two two gyms yesterday to see two different kids. And but it was good. Just be, and, and they were both. One was a practice, and one was a scrimmage. Um, so it wasn't even a game because, you know, in the games when the lights are on, everybody's, you know, at their best and everything else. But in practice, it's different. How do they interact with their teammates in, in, in their scrimmage? How, how do they interact when, you know, maybe, you know, you know their their stats aren't going to be recorded and all those things? And, and, and how good of a teammate are they and, and, all, and all, all the little things? So, yeah, I think it's a... Uh, you know, I don't think it's ever an, e an easy process, and I don't think it's uh, there's any one answer either. I think it's uh, a lot of little things that, that go into it, and I think it's uh, trying to find the right kids that, that, that are, that are going to help you. Emily and I were, were talking about uh, about this before we, we came in, is, you know, is getting kids that are going to fit your program, getting kids that are going to fit what you need for, for, that next, for that next year. I mean, those things are, are so important, but just as important is, Getting kids that is going to fit your culture and what you're trying to do and, and, and do things, you know, and do things um, the way that you want them done. So, I mean, I think there's so much to go into it, Drew, that uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's, that's a, uh, you know, that that's probably a, a, a full-time job just in itself, you know, the, the recruiting aspect, because let's, let's be honest, I mean, that's all of our lifelines, you know, it's, uh, there's no great there's no great coaches out there that haven't had great players to help them be, be good and, and none of us are none of us I don't care how good you are or this are doing this on our own it's all about the the assistance that you have and the players that you have that are that you're that you're working with and you're all working together to to, to become great so I think the recruiting is, is so important to get the right kids for you your culture and your in your program so then what's the pitch so now you you've identified someone who um, you're interested in you think that they fit all of these pieces and and maybe they do so then what are the things that you think resonate the most with students about coming to Trinity about being a bantam about coming and being part of of your program 
think there's so many great things about Trinity that it, it really becomes an easy sell in terms of, of the pitch. I think the biggest part is getting them on campus and seeing this place. And you have a tremendous academic environment in an urban environment. So you have the ability to study in a place where internships, externships are so accessible. Um, it's a diverse community and diverse environment. And I think one of the, the cool things is once they're on campus, to see the athletic and academic culture here, there are very few schools, in my opinion, that really mimic this kind of intensity from an academic and athletic perspective. Um, you know, we kind of continuing the recruiting talk, we try and we don't offer uh, recruits roster spots until they come for an on-campus visit and spend some time with the team. And I think a big part of that is them seeing what we have to offer and really seeing what our team culture is about. And for us, uh, the team culture aspect is so important, and we speak heavily to the team culture um, in the recruiting process, and it's about being something, being a part of something bigger than yourself. And if it's simply about you as an individual, this is not the right place for you. Um, so we speak heavily to that, and I think for us, it's giving the opportunity to show what this place is all about, what our vision is for the future, and, and trying to find people that want to be a part of that process. And it's something that we emphasize is not easy. It's not for people who want to take the easy road. If you want to be a part of something truly um, that, that we hope will be truly incredible and exceptional, but also understand that there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road and it's going to take a lot of hard work and it's going to take a lot of effort. If you're one of those people, this could be the right fit for you, um, but it isn't the right fit for everybody. And we do emphasize that. I think, um, you know, Trinity itself, when you see the campus community, the people here, it really is incredible, and I think we've really felt the opportunity to be a part of something special. We also get to highlight our uh, peer coaches, our peer sports, and, and talk about you know not only the success they have, but the investment from our student athletes, um, the career development aspect. Now that's become so huge, the alumni engagement. Um, we are so fortunate to have some incredible alums, not just from the women's basketball program, but just from the athletic culture. Um, and to bring them up and to have them see what that's all about, it, it becomes you're really a part of something special. And if you want that opportunity for four years and beyond, it's it becomes a huge selling point for sure. Yeah, I think we're very, very fortunate to be here at Trinity um, and, and all the things that we can sell uh, academically, uh, location-wise, um, tradition, and, and, then, and then athletically. I mean, I think there's just so much so much here, and, and you touched on a lot of it is w with the internships, our alums. I mean, uh, you know, I, I tell our, our recruits uh, the success of our alums, and we're, we're rated the, the fourth leading school in the country as far as alumni success and, and, and whatnot, and, and to have that... Um, where you have the alums that are so so invested and, and care about your program and, and your department and your school so much, it, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So I think being at Trinity, I think it's, uh, I don't want to, I, I really believe it's, it, it's, it's an easy sell for me because, you know, I, I, get, uh, I get frustrated sometimes because we'll, we'll see kids and they'll have a, a Division One scholarship offer or a Division Two scholarship offer, and I'm saying to them, well, okay, that's all well and good, but, if you come here, you're going to get everything basketball-wise. You're going to get everything you need athletically, but also you're going to get this, 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 and this. Where you don't get these, th this, you don't get that at other schools. And I think that's so important. And I and I think we just have so much to offer here, as far as we, we talk about the academics being one, and, and then one a one a the basketball, and then and then the, the social aspect and the community aspect of it. I don't think there's a, a better place that kids can go to school as far as trying to get everything that they want to be successful in a college experience. And then, you know, we tell our kids too, and, and even more importantly, when you graduate, um, the success that you can have being in a place like this and being in a program like ours is going to be unbelievable for you. So I just, uh, 
you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat and it's kind of fun where you really believe in, in in what you're selling and what you're what you're telling your recruits and what you're telling the people out there, and and we really believe in. It. And I think we've had kids in our program, and I think we have kids in our program who embody that and, and sell that for us. And I and I think that's so important. So I think we're very fortunate to be able to to do that. And also, you know, my big thing is, you know, we're in the we're we're in my opinion we're hands down the best conference in the country and. Where you know we're, we should be on the verge of, of, of being getting to an elite eight, getting to a final four, being able to do those things on a consistent basis. Whereas you know kids come in and you know do you want to be in a program where you're going to be expectations are high to be to play at a high level and to compete at a high level and game in and game out you're going to be challenged and you're going to be playing against uh, some of the, some of the best players in the country and we're Division three, but in, in my opinion our conference really isn't because. There are Division One players on our roster. There are Division One players on Emily's roster. There's Division One players on every roster up and down um, the NESCAC. So if if you if you want to be in a great situation athletically, but you also want to be in a great situation where academically um, and and uh, for your future, the, the, you're not going to get any better than uh, Trinity College and and the NESCAC conference for sure. Very well said. Well. Final question. I'm going to spring this one on you, so you can have fun with it. You've got to start with the premise that Hoosiers is the best basketball movie ever. So I'm taking that off the table. Other than Hoosiers, best basketball movie, and it can be a movie that just has a basketball theme. Loving basketball, hands down. I got to go with it. Oh, it was yeah, right. yeah. I, I think I've watched that a billion times. So, so I, it's a good I, I strategy. Think, Coach, yep. Coach Garner just jumped in. I, I did just jump in. Yep. And stole one. I got one in my back pocket, Coach. Well, it's funny. Lo- loving basketball. Uh, I mean, that's what's that? Almost gonna be. It's gonna be twenty years old now. It's gotta be pretty close. Close. Probably right? pretty close. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So young, uh, young Ray Allen, right? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't he the best? No, 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 no. That was my movie. Omar, I was Omar, you were thinking you were he yeah, Omar games. Apps. He got games. Sorry. Right. Yep, yep. Sorry. He got games is what you're going oh, with. Yep. Yep. But uh no, I mean, that's all I know uh that's the reason I know Sine Latham, right? There you there, go, yeah, yeah. Yep. From that yep. movie. Yeah. When my my daughter who who uh who played in, in college a few years ago, when she was young, that was her favorite movie and so we watched it a lot and uh it's kind of kind of a neat movie. Uh uh he got game is, is 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 the Ray Allen is the Ray Allen movie, which is uh, which is uh, a very very interesting movie and uh, um, and with, with Denzel, I mean you know it doesn't get better than that when you got Denzel Washington starring in it. So th- those are those are uh, two two great ones. Jeez, uh, I don't know what else I can think about out of that. Uh, give, give me yours, Drew. What do you got? Uh, for Trumpers. So, you know, you can you can go easy on this one and, you know, throw in a white man can't jump. Uh, you can go Glory Road. I mean, there, there's a number of ones out there. I'm going to go Teen Wolf on this one. Oh, the original. Go. Right? You, you know, rundown program, can't get it going. Kind of a bad news bear story if you look at it just from the basketball side. Didn't really like their ball movement very much. You know, it was it was pretty much a one-man show. The one kid's eating a submarine sandwich while, uh, while Teen Wolf's running up and down the court. But, uh, you know, they win in the end, and uh, everybody likes a winner. Well, thank you both so much. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have you back again soon. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, Drew.
That does it for episode one of Conversations in the Coop. A special thank you to Emily Garner and James Cosgrove for jumping into the fray with no questions asked. For all the latest news on Trinity Athletics, go to bantamsports.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at bantams underscore AD. That's at B-A-N-T-A-M-S underscore A-D. Look for episode two of our show very soon. Thanks for listening to Conversations in the Coop. Conversations in the Coop.